Welcome to Business Breakthroughs, where business walls aren't barriers, but stepping stones. With hands-on advice, real-life examples, and stories that ignite, our coaches are here to help you shatter those walls. At the forefront guiding every breakthrough is your host, Neil DiPentino. Hey there, welcome to Business Breakthroughs. I'm Neil DiPentino, I'm your host. And man, like I tell you, we got a great show for you today. So when you're thinking about a top performer, I mean, what exactly do you think about? I mean, who is a top performer? Well, our guest is going to help us identify that. Uh, she says that any leader who's committed to keeping up with uh, smashing their goals, which is awesome, a person who's accountable, honest, passionate, I love that, but here's my favorite part, being a rock star. Uh, we have a rock star with us today, all the way from Mexico City, and uh, she is a life and performance executive coach, a C-suite coach, a keynote speaker, trainer, and she's the author of the book, Got a Story to Share. My guest today is Mariana, I'm gonna, I am hope I don't mess this up too badly, Mariana Macias. Did I say it right? Macias, yeah. Oh man, look, I almost got it. I've been practicing too, and it's like, you know, it's like, it's funny that one time I was looking for a job, and uh, I had applied for a job in Moscow, Idaho. And the guy who gave me the lead, he had actually worked for them in the past. And he said, whatever you do, don't say Moscow. It's <laughs> Moscow. And so I sat there going, Moscow, 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 Moscow. And a guy got on the phone. The guy was interviewing me. And the first thing out of my mouth was, man, I, I would be so happy to move to Moscow. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you gotta be kidding me. So again, you know, apologies for you know uh, messing up your name. But the most important part about it, Mariana, is that you're here with us today and you've got a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of stuff to tell us. So let's start with, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yes. So firstly, I'm super grateful and excited to be here with you. Second, I like the way you pronounce my last name, by the way, Messiah. doesn't sound anything uh, wrong. So with it, you know, actually, <laughs> I love it. So now that's okay. So I'm going to tell a little bit about myself for sure, like, who is Mariana, right? So basically, I would say that I'm a very passionate person, but I'm very committed into the coaching industry, right? I truly believe that coaching is so powerful in so many ways, and I actually feel blessed and honored to work. I call it myself the uh, industry of the miracles, you know, because I see miracles happening every single day through conversations. So basically, nice. that's what I do, yeah, as a living and also, well, more about me, as you just mentioned, I'm, well, I was born and raised in Mexico City. I am Mexican and Latin. And also, you know, I am very uh, passionate about traveling. So I also can consider myself like such a type of uh, nomad, you know, I love living and experimenting uh, other countries and other places as well. So between New York uh, and now Mexico, I've been like moving so far. So let's see where life take me next year, right? Well, that's fantastic. So even though you're you're in Mexico City in Mexico, uh, you work pretty much anywhere that where you're needed. Is that correct? Exactly. And actually, this is kind of a fun um, and random fact. But when I started my career as a coach, my uh, primary clients and the first one that I started having were located in the U.S. So I was moving a lot, you know, between New York City, Houston and Atlanta. 
basically. So that's an amazing story that I always love to share because sometimes we actually find ourselves putting us um, some kind of boundaries and also thinking like, oh no, I can't do anything outside of my comfort zone or outside my country or actually my language, my primary language. And no, you never know where you're going to be starting. And in my case, my success cases and when I started growing as a, not only as a human, right, but in my career was outside of my country. And it is till today that I'm actually starting to be pioneering and and having a great influence in the coaching industry here in Mexico. Nice, nice. So what, what was the decision that made you decide that uh, you wanted to be a coach? Wow, that's an amazing question that I uh, always, you know, you, you are pretty common, uh, commonly asked, but you got to read my book in order to, to know the answer now. Ah. But something, yeah, something that I can tell, tell you and like this can resume that question could be, well, first of all, I feel I was myself a coachee, firstly, right? I started being coached by a coach. And my life was so transformed and so moved in so many ways that I said, wow, I really want to do this for others. And if my life changed so much and even my identity, you know, I also need to do this for others. So basically because I was a success case and then I I wanted to project and transmit that into others. And also because other life decisions that took me to that path, which I am very honored about that. You know, it's amazing when we find somebody that will give us their time, you know, in this world of competition, people, you know, there is kind of a, you know, me first type attitude in a lot of cases. So it's wonderful when you can find that mentor that really wants to take you under their wing and, and kind of help you to succeed. And I love the fact that that happened to you. I love you were a success case. That's a wonderful way to put it. And, and I love that now you are kind of moving forward and offering it up to other people. And, and that's wonderful. Can you give us a basic idea of, uh, you know, what a typical client of yours might look like? Yeah, for sure. So everything started also when I was working, you know, as a corporate uh, leader, you know, and I was always very into corporate. I actually, by the way, studied marketing. So this is important for me to mention because the target that I chose to coach today has everything to do with that. Okay. So basically I was always under the leadership management and I was observing and I was always trying to kind of move and change things. But then I figured it out that maybe I was not in the perfect role or maybe not in the strategic role. So then I said, I love coaching. I'm going to start certifying my, you know, I'm going to do the things in the right way. I'm going to certify myself as a life coach. So I started being a life coach. But then my real passion was transforming organizational cultures and organizational spaces. Because when I was working, you know, I literally was looking all the time for safe spaces and there was no one to create them. And actually, I wanted to learn more from my leaders. And then I started seeing like, maybe, you know, what if my leaders would have an amazing coach or what if my leaders would have this safe space where they can get transformed or they can be actually challenged and questioned, you know? So that's, that was the moment when I said, okay, I really want to take this seriously. I want to become a coach. I want to also study, you know, into all of the things about culture and organizational development in companies. And that's when I started uh, experimenting and coaching all kind of leaders. But this was this main target where I actually call them high top performers because these are leaders 
with so uh, with such a mentality, you know, that challenged me a lot because not all of them are coachable. Let me say this, you know, out loud. Mm. Not all of them are coachable or want to be coach. Sometimes the companies or the organizations are the one who forces them or who tells them like, this is going to be your program, your coaching program, and really, there is no other way. And those are the kind, believe it or not, those are the kind of cases and those are the kind of clients that I love taking taking over, right? So my ideal client is this leader or this C-suite, mostly most all of them are on the C-suite top, um, you know, C-suite level or in a very top executive positions. But is this person that has a lot of a great mind that you can be picking, but it's also this person that sometimes doesn't realize the impact that he or she can have out there. And mostly in their cultures of the of the organizations they work, right? right so if right. I my target, I, I think that's the ideal. I think that's uh, I love I love what you're doing. I think that's incredible. Um, I think a lot of times leaders kind of you know they, they get kind of they're in their office, they're dealing with you know day-to-day type stuff that they have to deal with. They kind of lose track of what's going on in the office. They just know if somebody's performing, if they're not performing and they, uh, they perform well, you're great. You get rewarded for that. If you're not, then, you know, you're not rewarded or you go the other way. But in between all that time, a lot of times culture and like you said, a safe space, having a place that you feel good about when you come to the office every morning, go to work every morning, that really does help to, um, it, it helps the way you visualize the company, it helps the way that you 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 work. It makes you feel good about going to work and and be part of that. You take possession of that of the position that you have. Would you agree with that? Yes, hundred percent. I truly believe that the culture, you know, and and now my official title is executive performance coach because I truly believe that all of the things about performance, you know, performance employees and the real performance inside your organization has everything to do not only with the values, right? Because we actually think that, okay, performance is related to my employees' capabilities and my employees, um, you know, like actions and strategies, but not like the real part that actually moves and influences so much performance has everything to do with culture, but not only with the values, but with the leadership style. And with the leaders itself. So for sure, leaders have a big influence on the culture and so on the performance of their employees. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, years ago, back in the 90s, I worked for Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary on the Shark Tank. Uh, he was in the Shark Tank. It was another business. And, you know, he was really not all that involved on the day-to-day stuff with each of us, uh, uh, the sales staff. I mean, we saw him, you know, in the office, you know, every once in a while, that type of thing. But when we would have our quarterly meetings, I mean, he was always kind of our keynote. And he had a way of talking to us as though we were all, like he was speaking to us individually. And we would be so motivated by the time we left. We couldn't even wait to get out of there because we wanted to get back into the field, get out to our customers and start talking about the things that we needed to talk about because Kevin told us that's what we needed to do. And he did it in such a way to make us feel good about us and our job at our company. Uh, now, in your business, uh, you're working with all kinds of different um, um, top performing leaders and C-suite executives. Can you give us some examples of some of the people that you might have worked with in the past and, and what you've done for them and, and, and how that all worked out? Yeah, for sure. So I have two specific cases uh, that I would like to share because I think they are so human, you know, firstly, and also because this is something that 
leaders and mostly top executive leaders challenge a lot with. So maybe if you're one of them that are listening to us, this can bright light to, to you right now. And that would be something that I would adore to do. So let's just, I'm not going to, of course, put the real names because of safety of the clients, but I do want to call them uh, with some name. Okay. So let's talk sure. about first the, the case of Dave. Okay. So Dave is this amazing and extraordinary leader, but that maybe, you know, when I started coaching him, um, firstly, I, I, I talked with their people, right? With their direct reports and all of them. And they were like giving me this image about this Dave that he was like, oh my gosh, he's such a top performer and we admire him as a leader, but he's so tough and he's so rough, right? And he's very, very, very strict and this and that. So I had the first, you know, the first image about this Dave was this authoritarian leader and this leader that was very, very oriented to results, which that was good, but like zero human, right? So I was like, okay, let's talk with Dave. Let's start coaching him. And then something happened and it was, was, this was one of his major breakthroughs and breakthroughs. And we talked about vulnerability. Okay. And I think this topic is huge for leaders because, because he was just like, Mariana, I, I, I feel that I have this and that, and I'm so happy that I have a coach, right? Because then I can talk with you with some, about so many things that I am living here in this solitude place, you know, as a leader, but also with all of the decision-making that I have to do. And then I don't know how exactly, but we ended up talking about vulnerability. And then when we started talking about that topic, he immediately was like closing off and he wasn't like saying like, no, 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 let's look for other strategy. Like I can't, I can't just talk with my people about this or no, 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 let's just look about other strategies. Right. So again, what a coach does is like, I'm not going to be uh, interrupting your beliefs or I'm not going to be telling you what to think about or, or what you should be thinking. That's not my job. My job is to challenge and to question your, your current beliefs. So I started questioning this. And every time we talk about vulnerability, he would always uh, go by the side of mentioning weakness. He was like, I can't believe I'm such in a low place right now, or I can't believe I am uh, expressing this as I am feeling so weak when I am telling you. And I was like, wait, why are we relating vulnerability with weakness, you know? That was like the first major breakthrough that he had, like when he was like, what do you mean? Because if I start being vulnerable, I'm going to, you know, project and I'm going to show my real weakness and all of that. When, by the way, that was the, the old, all the contrary way, right? Like actually being vulnerable is one of the most courageous acts that we can do. And by the way, being vulnerable is hard. You know, if it was something easy, we would, all of us would be applying it. And most leaders would be opening this, this area, which actually, um, I realized that he was very scared as I guess a lot of us, you know, we are very scared of actually being vulnerable or actually being in a position where vulnerability can be expressed. So I think this was a very, 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 very like impactful and big breakthrough uh, to his leadership when he started relating vulnerability with actually something very courageous and as a, an amazing space and tool for actually connecting with their people, you know? So he started creating these spaces. He actually built a structure inside the company, a methodology and a day for applying vulnerability techniques, vulnerability conversations with all of their people. And these, I can tell you how they literally change the way he lead and he led, but also he increases productivity. He increased productivity in major ways and performance skyrocketed. So that's right. a case I love to tell. 
because I think I that's love it. Well, I think we're all like uh, have, we're guilty of being Dave every now and then, you know, um, and, and I love the idea you're talking about vulnerability and weakness and everything. There's not one of us on this earth that doesn't have some kind of weakness. Many of us have more than others, you know, and I think that, I mean, obviously you want to, as a leader, you want to, you know, kind of stand above and, 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 and act as a, you know, that, that person that people can look up to, but I think people look up to someone, uh, you know, who isn't afraid to be authentic more than anything. And I think showing your weakness is showing your vulnerability shows how authentic you could possibly, you could potentially be. And I love that story. And I love, you know, that Dave finally came around and it was all because of you. That's awesome. But that wasn't easy, huh? Like Dave no. first was like putting a lot of resistance to this concept. Actually, he was like, no, 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 let's find other strategies. That's my last resource, you know? And by the way, you said something that I loved about these that they are very scared that they're that with vulnerability, their authority is gonna be compromised. It's like no, people yeah. are not gonna, are gonna, not gonna take me seriously anymore, or people are not gonna respect me. When actually vulnerability, like you just mentioned, not only opens the connection and the real, you know, and, and the genuine and strong bond with your people, but also shows your authentic side, and that's beautiful. It's like vulnerability do not compromise your authority. Actually, it reinforces them. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, he's afraid or people are afraid that they're going to be disrespected if they show their vulnerability, their weaknesses and everything. And I think it's just the opposite. I think that uh, I, this is what I think is that you think you have respect. You may not have the respect you think you have. Because if you've got everybody walking in fear, you're in fear of, of expressing that they're afraid of you. So they're not going to express the way they feel. They're not going to offer up, you know, ideas and things that could help the company and the culture of the company because they're afraid they're going to get shut down. Exactly. Wow. That's that's a, something very powerful you just said there. And that's impressive. I think, by the other hand, when a leader is capable of being vulnerable and actually, you know, connect with that vulnerability, guess what? He's also being able to connect with the real you know, self mm -hmm. uh, inside of him. And and I, I also always mention this, but I also think like the leadership is an amazing journey, but it's like a self-awareness path, you know? Like I, I truly believe that the best leaders are not the one that actually achieve the best results in life or the most, um, you know, results-oriented ones, but are the ones that actually get to know themselves in such a deep ways and they're at their good, at their bad. And actually they they see themselves as they are and they come clean with that. Those are the best leaders, the persons that actually do the inner work and know themselves. Outstanding. I love it. So now you've written a book called uh, I Got or I Got a Story to Share. Um, yeah. and so tell us a little bit about that process and how that came about. Well, that's my first book. And I got to say, like, like, that's like the little baby, you know, <laughs> that I think it was nice. Uh, I would say that it's not very focused on the performance or the leadership topics that today I actually coach. This book is, is mostly like the main reasons about why and how I became coach. You know, I become a coach, which this is super nice because, of course, this is a very motivational and, and I believe inspiring story. 
uh, about the reason behind that. But also the main uh, message of the book is not about Mariana becoming a coach, but the, the fact that it's invitation for all of the people out there to learn from their failures and actually that from your lows, you can be and you can make it your biggest uh, accomplishments in life. And you can use your lows for actually, you know, potentializing yourself and everything you have and you are for getting into a major place that you maybe you wouldn't believe about it. So it's about hope. It's about inspiration. And it's about giving you like a little step book process for you to live a better and fulfilled life. Awesome. And so if our audience wants to find this book, how can they do that? Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. Amazon. All yeah. right, fantastic. Absolutely. Delivering I'll have to look for that. Yeah. I'm sorry? Delivering in all countries, okay? So it doesn't All right. Matter. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so we're coming to the end of our show, and I hate this because this has been such a wonderful interview. And I wish, I, you know, I really honestly say this to the people that I've talked to that I really have enjoyed a lot. I'd love to have you back at another time just to, you know, have a little bit more of a conversation, uh, learn a little bit more about what you've got. I want to hear about Dave's brother, Dan. I want to know a little bit more about what's, what's going on in your world. Cause I think it'd be awesome to have you back. Uh, now you have an a, event coming up. Am I correct about that? Or you yeah. have something going on? Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so this is talking about vulnerability and authenticity. Oh my gosh, this is so good because we're hosting this amazing retreat for leaderships. Well, for leaders. And this is like the main topic. It's like knowing the real leader that lives inside of you and actually tapping and, and, you know, like exploring the professional world you inhabit. But in order to do that, you need to actually know yourself so we're gonna define life purpose you know what's your life purpose as a leader what are some techniques that you can actually apply in order to also include humor you know with within your teams that comes from your most authentic place we're gonna talk about the new paradigm of leadership that we've been working and that includes vulnerability that includes other rough topics that are amazing for us to actually experience and give those um, keynote sessions and coaching sessions in an exclusive and paradisiac place, which is in an amazing beach in Santo Domingo. Okay. Outstanding. That sounds fun. I'm looking yeah. I, I went to the mailbox and I didn't see my free ticket. I mean, I, I guess it's on its way, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. It is a good meal. Yeah, for right. sure. Be an exclusive uh, a retreat that you can also know other well-minded leaders and realize that you're not alone in this ship, you know, of leadership. I love it, fantastic. So, if uh, our audience wants to sign up for your for your event, or if they want to get in contact with you and learn more about your coaching, how do they go about that? Yes, they can do it directly in LinkedIn. I'm always responding there. I am like I am there like Mariana Macias. And also Instagram. I'm always very active in that uh, social media. So at Marianita Lodash, my coaching. My coaching is the name of the company. You can also Google that and then you'll find the website and all of that. My coaching. Love it. Mariana Macias. Yes. Yeah, huh? looking good. Thank yeah. you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate you being a wonderful guest. Folks, that is all we have for our show today. I'm so thrilled, so happy that you were with us. Business Breakthrough is sponsored by Titan Digital. Check them out on titandigital.com and check out all our other great hosts on the Small Business Delivered Network at smallbusinessdelivered.com. Until the next time, adios. 
Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Business Breakthroughs with Neil DiPertino. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.